We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is going on? Welcome to the NFL. What is it? Week 12? Are we in week 12 already? Is it 13? 13? It's 13? Week 12 is, oh my God. See, we are at that point now where I just don't know when the hell it is. Like we're, it's sometime in November. I'm tired. I keep looking at these offensive lines and they all suck. And it's just, it's just crazy. It's that, it's week 13 though, everybody. Of course, this is the DFS Pick Six, or the World's DFS Pick Six, produced by Rotor Grinders. I'm Eric Crane, joined by two of the legends of the DFS industry. We have Rich Remar, we got Evan Silver. Rich, how we doing, buddy? The Julio Whisperer. <laughs> We're doing good, man. Listen, uh, Julio was well needed because you know we waxed poetically for about those games on Thursday for about 45 minutes, and Jesus, we couldn't have got more shit wrong. <laughs> 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 hey, but the you, thing is, that, though, you played Julio; it didn't matter. Yeah, that Thursday slate, man, I took it bad. I mean, I might have won like 10% of what I put in uh, on Thursday, and it was just a real dog three days because, you know, as an analyst, we spent a lot of time putting the work in, and those are, you know, anytime like you look at something like me and Evan, we break down all the games, and usually, you know, two or three games are, are, are off the beaten path when you look at mentality, it just happened that those three were all those Island games and the rest of Sunday, I was pretty good. Sunday made up for it a lot, but man, that Thursday was bad. 
Yeah, Thursday, Evan, it Big was burn. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as Kyle Rudolph was going off, I knew it was pro- probably wasn't going to be a great Sunday or Thursday. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the worst Thanksgiving slates I've ever had. But of course, we made up for it on the weekend. Evan, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. I mean, I, I didn't lose my butt on Thanksgiving because I had a lot of Rudolph. I had a lot of Keenan Allen. I had a lot of Chargers D. Um, but I didn't do well on Sunday, unfortunately. After our show, I had planned to go all in on Julio. By the end of the week, I talked myself into going all in on T.Y. Hilton. So, you know, that that was, you know, at the total opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's how this stuff goes. And, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't you know, I, I, I've learned, you know, bankroll management and, you know, to, to some extent. And so I, I didn't lose at all. This was a, a week, though, so far that has been um, there's been a lot of uh, uh, more uh, Brown's hindsight uh, discussion, which I which I think is interesting. Um, I don't, it just it'll pop up every once in a while, you know, like big, big media will, will really start talking about the Browns. Uh, I don't know if these guys think that like, I mean, do they make their own decisions in their own life in hindsight? Because if everybody had the benefit of hindsight, we'd all be millionaires like Crane. Um, this notion that the Browns passed on all these quarterbacks is actually not even really true. They were trying to build their team and they traded down to try to get more picks because they looked at, they did self-reflection and looked at their team and said, we need more good players. We don't, we're not really in a position to invest a really high pick on a quarterback. Uh, you know, we, we need more good players on our team. Um, and are, are all these people that rip the Browns in hindsight, uh, I mean, do they go back to every draft and look at how, how, how you know, it, they should look at every single sport and just spend their lives ripping all the teams that, you know, passed on Albert Pujols, uh, who I think was a 13th round pick. Uh, he was the Cardinals. He was and, okay, yeah. So it was like, you know, a 17th round pick or whatever. And they should just rip, and they should rip the Cardinals because the Cardinals passed on them 16 times. So they should just rip every single team in Major League Baseball until they die. <laughs> that sounds like a, that's a sad life, man. It would be a sad life. It, it's a sad life to to pretend that you can make decisions in hindsight. Yeah, I mean, if, look, if I got to make all my decisions in highlight hindsight, I wouldn't have gotten rid of my 200 bitcoins. So that would have been a <laughs> That'd be nice right about now. I would not have played Vernon Davis. And and yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep playing Vernon Davis. Luckily, he's on the Thursday slate this week, so I don't have to. Well, I would have had zero Hilton and zero Jacoby Brissett. What a, what a terrible. <laughs> and I I picked that game, too, because we at Roto World, we each like, right, I assigned before the week, like, who we're going to cover. Uh, Reeves gets the Browns every week. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm watching the game live, and so I'm just – Every single play, you know, hard, you know, with a lot of Brissett and Hilton, but we move forward. <laughs> We're going to have to move forward because if yeah. you played Brissett and Hilton last week, there's no way else to move. Right. Let's go ahead and jump into the slate, though, because again, week 13, 
got all the all the uh, all the teams in action. And our first game we're going to talk about it's New England at Buffalo. It's a forty-eight and a half point total. New England eight and a half point favorites. And Reeves, when we look at the Patriots, the same it's the same problem every week. We got Gronk, we got Cooks. Is it Deion Lewis? Is it Rex Burkhead? Is it going to be Mike Gillisley? <laughs> Guess what? It's not. I mean, there are all these different guys we can look at on the Patriots, and it always drives me nuts because one of them, at least one of them, is going to go up. We just never know who it's going to be. So let's talk about the Patriots against Buffalo. The Bills, um, they haven't been stopping the run except for with the guy we all went all in on last week, and that was Kareem Hunt. <laughs> so uh, what are we doing with this Patriots team? Are we going right back to Dean Lewis? I mean, the backfield, actually, the, I mean, this is the most clarity we've had all year. I mean, it's Deion Lewis and Burkett are the two guys you're playing. I mean, Lewis has got, what, 14 or more touches now uh, in each of the past six weeks. Burkhead is just the, an, an ultimate, like, complimentary dude. He, can, he, he plays with short yardage, plays in the passing game, plays near the goal line. Uh, he, you know, it's kind of just been those two guys. I mean, Lewis is kind of getting he'll, – he'll run into games where he gets you those hollow yards – uh, but he's been awesome, man. He looked great on Sunday. I mean, he was ripping up chunk yards. He's didn't get into the paint. So, I mean, both of those guys are really good. They're, they're, they're priced aff- affordably. It just, like I said, it took us 11 games. I mean, uh, the passing game, I mean, Evan's going to talk about Gronk. I'm sure he's got, he's got some great Gronk nuggets. But, I mean, I want to talk about Brandon Cooks a little bit. I mean, Brandon Cooks, you know, since Hogan has gone down, a lot of people were trying to figure out where, you know, this was going to go. It's going to be Amendola. Is it going to be one of the backs? You know, who's going to get the spike? And it's been all Brandon Cooks. Uh, since Hogan's gone down, he's had 29.7% of the targets, 24.3 and 25% of the targets. Those are his three highs on the season, uh, you know, over the past three weeks. And we talked about it two weeks ago when we had Keenan Allen as a big bounce back spot. Buffalo is just getting torched by wide receiver ones. Um, last week, they only allowed seven for one for 41 to, to uh, Tyree kill. But the week before it was Keenan Allen, the week before Michael Thomas got him for over a hundred, Robbie Anderson got him for a tud the week before Mike Evans hit him for seven eighty eight and one AJ green, seven one eighty nine and one Marius Thomas, six for 98. So, I mean, I'm going right back to the Brandon cooks. Well, I mean, the Patriots have scored 37 or more points in Buffalo in each of the three times they played there. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep riding Brandon cooks who, as I said, shed that stigma of being a, you know, up and down volatile player. He's actually been consistent. He's had a high floor and a high ceiling, you know, especially since Hogan's uh, gone down. So, I mean, Brandon Cooks is, is that guy. I mean, I'm looking at outside of, you know, the obvious uh, Gronk and Brady. Yeah, seven, between seven and 11 targets each of the last four weeks. And there's one thing we know that we like in fantasy sports. We like the volume. And another guy getting a lot of volume, Evan, that would be Mr. Rob Gronkowski. Do you, do you prefer Cooks or Gronk this week? Uh, I mean, with with Gronk, you know, um, so late last week, I started like people were talking about something having to do with bubble wrap and Rob Gronkowski. Huh? Yeah, I don't, I I don't know. I mean, I I heard about it. I, I didn't, I don't know. Maybe I missed that, you you know, but I, I started to hear about it. That was, you know, one of the plays that I had that saved me from, from losing everything last week on T.Y. Hilton and, and Jacoby Brissett. Uh, was having a bunch of Gronk. Um, he has – all right, so Gronk is from Buffalo. Uh, he's from a suburb of Buffalo. He's played six career games at Buffalo, which is historically a very difficult place to play, and you usually see reduced statistics from players. Uh, but his stat lines in those six games are five catches for 109 yards and a touchdown, 
seven catches for 113 yards and a touchdown, seven catches for 94 yards, five catches for 104 yards and a touchdown, seven catches for 109 yards and two touchdowns, four catches for 54 yards and two touchdowns. So that's six for six. You know, I mean, we could look at maybe seven for 94 and no touchdowns and say, that's a, a little bit suboptimal, but that's, that's a, you know, that's 16.4 yeah, points. All right. Um, now I posted that statistic on Twitter and I love that somebody uh, came back and said, uh, you know, if you go back and look at Tom Brady's stats at Buffalo, you would think he's from Buffalo too. <laughs> um, I, I love that, uh, you know, re retweeted that. And um, I think that Brady goes under own this week. Uh, he's been consistently high floor, high ceiling every single week. Uh, on the other side, I want to talk about Zay Jones because Zay Jones is priced at the minimum on FanDuel. He has seven plus targets in four of his last five. And he's facing a Patriots defense that while it has gotten better, it is still giving up a lot of production to uh, wide receivers. And Kelvin Benjamin, I would be shocked if he plays. The Bills are trying to push this that – He's okay. You know, their trade deadline moves. I mean, I've never seen such terrible trade deadline moves. And I mean, I know the Bills fans will say, oh, well, Marcel Darius, he didn't want to be here. I mean, he spent like, you know, he signed a big contract extension there. That's a coaching staff thing. When you have a great player, you try to like get them to buy into, into what you're doing. You don't just ship them off, you know, and Oh, oh, he was only playing 40% of the snaps. Yeah, well, he was playing all rundowns. And when you remove a 350-pound player from your, uh, your your base offense, you start to get gashed every single week against the run. You know, you shouldn't be surprised that you just traded away a great player. And then they traded for Calvin Benjamin, who, by the way, had knee problems when he was play still playing for the Panthers, now suddenly has a torn meniscus. Did they give this guy, you know, a good uh, physical that, that he, you know, I mean, did they trade for damaged goods? Uh, and I know they're trying to push this, that hey, he, he has a chance to play. They tried to push it last week. They listed him as questionable, even though he didn't practice all week. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they maybe he will try to play this week. But I think that in all likelihood he won't. And Zay Jones will be the one again. And Tyrod's been pushing it, pushing the rock to, uh, to, to Zay. Uh, if you just go back and look at when he replaced uh, Peterman, uh, a couple of weeks ago, 17 targets in about six quarters since then. Uh, and Zay Jones hasn't been super efficient, but at his price, I mean, stone minimum on FanDuel, I'm like, I, 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 that's hard to get away from, in my opinion. Yeah, I actually was actually one of my highest owned guys last week over on DK at 4K. It's 4,600, so he's priced up a little bit more. But again, 10 targets, and it's really hard to, you know, it's tough to argue against him. Plus, where else are those targets going to go? It should be a positive game script for the Bills passing game, which leads me, Reeves, what do we do with Mr. Tyrod this week? He's 5,400 over on DK. He, I mean, you want to be able to get a lot of these expensive guys in. Tyrod's a way to go about it. What do you think about him this week, Reeves? Yeah, I like Tyrod. He's typically not a dude I, I like to play in DFS, and uh, you know, outside of cash, just because he's one of those guys, like those safe floors, but like not high ceiling guys. Like Alex Smith was like that forever. I mean, he's got 14 or more points in seven of his games, but he's gone over 20 points just twice. I mean, the one he did was that game against the Jets where it could set up like this, where it was, you know, complete jailbreak, hair on fire, fourth quarter, just throwing like crazy. And when the defense doesn't care if you're throwing, just throwing short. 
and stacking that production. So, I mean, he's, he's on the radar, you know, especially if you're going to, you know, do some stacking in this game. I mean, I'm probably not going to own a ton of them just because, I mean, when I'm stacking this game, it's going to be all with Brady. Uh, and, you know, people might not play Brady a lot. You know, I, I think he'll, they'll play him by default because he's always owned. But, I mean, people are going to look at the Bills and that that passing touchdowns that they haven't allowed, which is super fluky. I mean, they're allowing passing touchdowns at the same rate the Jaguars are per attempt, once every 40 pass attempts. And they're allowing it, you know, for um, – they're allowing a passing touchdown once every 240 passing yards, which is tops in the NFL. But they're not like the Jaguars' pass defense. They're getting, they're giving up tons of production in the passing game. Teams just haven't been able to put it in the paint because they're getting all rushing touchdowns against them. That might flip this week. I mean, I still would count on Brady throwing three touchdowns in this game or more. Um, so I mean, but yeah, I mean, Tyrod just one, just he really doesn't fit like what I do in DFS because I mean, unless it's in cash where he's so cheap, I'm just trying to get that floor. I think he's he's an option for that this week, even though there are a bunch of good quarterback plays at the floor level this week. Uh, but yeah, he's just not one of those guys that really crashes, you know, a ceiling often. I think one of the bigger problems, you know, we talked about Brady and how he's going to be under own 7.8k over on DK. I agree, but. The way this week at least looks for me, Evan, is that I'm not sure the value is there to where I can pay up for one, both the quarterback, and then when the guys want to pair them with, they're also really expensive between Cooks and between Gronk. So I'm having trouble with that particular roster construction. Maybe some value opens up. Or maybe if you guys give me a few guys to love later on in the show, maybe we can talk a little bit then. By the way, if Chris Hogan plays, is that a less than your Brandon Cooks interest? We are not optimistic as of, t- as of okay. tonight. Okay. Understood. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the, the Pats RBs, though, because, okay. you know, just, just one little little piece. I know that uh, Reeves already talked about him, but, you know, Belichick is a guy who is better than anyone at looking at the weaknesses of his opponent and exploiting them. And the clear weakness for the Bills is their run defense. And so I think that we see a lot of Dion and Burkhead again. Uh, they literally played the exact same amount of snaps last week and uh, had almost the exact same amount of touches. It was 16 for Dion, 15 for Rex. Uh, I know that Burke had executed with his uh, chances in scoring position, but Dion got a bunch too. Uh, so they're, they're hard to separate right now. I think that Burkhead clearly has the bigger passing game role. Um, but I mean, they're kind of like Alvin Kamara, Melvin, Mark Ingram light. You know, maybe not quite as dynamic as Alvin Kamara, uh, but you know they're 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 not terribly far off as a tandem uh, from that backfield, uh, and you know I think they're playable together. Um, I think it's you know you you might not you might minim- minimize some of your ceiling playing them together. You certainly could play them together in a season long league, um, but I, I think that we're going to see a lot of them again especially if Belichick, you know, has one of these game plans where it's just designed to uh, attack the weakness of his opponent, which is usually what he does. Yeah, and these are two of the faster teams in the NFL. I mean, I'm on the slate, and I actually think it might go over by quite a bit. All right, let's talk Tampa and Green Bay. It's a, it's a game where when you look at it at first, you go, ugh, it's not that attractive. A couple of bad football teams right now. It's a 44-and-a-half total. Tampa, point-and-a-half favorites. First thing I want to talk about, Reeves, is Jameis Winston. He's going to play. He's going to be throwing to Mike Evans. And by the way, Mike Evans is way too cheap. Jameis Winston, though, that offensive line is banged up a little bit. What do you think about Jameis and this Bucks offense, Reeves? 
Yeah, this is kind of interesting because, you know, Jameis is a guy from a season long, I think, because people are going to like rush to pick up. But I mean, you know, I, I've always, you know, expressed, you know, pessimism, you know, when you have guys coming back off multi-week injuries, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, I wish I had more raw data available for this right now. I mean, but I've done it, you know, with Ben Roethlisberger, Tony Romo, um, you know, it's just not often that quarterbacks, you know, come back and, 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 and miss chunks of seasons and come back, but quarterback play significantly dips, you know, usually in that first game back, you know, it kind of takes you a game, game or two to get reacclimated, you know, to game speed, uh, you know, practice just doesn't cut it. So, I mean, Winston is a guy who I could see definitely disappoint and don't forget that he was a disappointing player before he even got shelved. You know, so, I mean, it's a situation here, though, when you tie it to DFS, we're not looking to play him in cash anyways, you know, so, I mean, it's totally fine, you know, if you're going to take some shots on this game uh, to use him in a spot, you know, it's kind of similar to the Josh Doxson conversation we had last week, where I said, you know, I had a different take from DFS than I did from seasonal, and that's kind of what I have with Winston here, I mean, he is a guy when you're looking, because I think that this game is a very intriguing game from a DFS standpoint, especially because I think this game harbors most of the pricing values Uh, on both sides of the ball here Uh, you know we talked about Mike Evans you know is it Winston in a tournament lineup you know even Deshaun Jackson is on the board here I mean he's had double digit PPR points in three straight games and the Packers have allowed a tandem of double digit points to pairs of wide receivers in five of their past seven games because the team just getting lit up by wide receivers Uh, so I mean we talked about Evans and then on the other side of the ball I mean we've got you know value with Jamal Williams Devontae Adams is just a smashing value over on FanDuel I'm not even sure who slept on on the wide receiver pricing in totality because Evan already brought up Zay Jones wide receiver pricing over there in general is is pretty whack but I mean outside of stacking in this game and Winston's a guy I'm I'm probably not going to you know trust in my seasonal long leagues and, and really trust in cash just because of the those um those things I've talked about like I've I've really really have you know have like a hard a hard time playing those guys coming off multi-week injuries especially when quarterback points are so replaceable uh at the place so many other options that I, I feel more confident in the match of everything lines up but I mean these guys usually disappoint when they come off the shelf <laughs> yeah and that's disappointing to me because Evan if this was a spot where Winston had been healthy for a couple weeks I would absolutely be loading him up here especially at this price like he's super cheap but I just don't know if I can do it coming back from that injury yeah, I mean, he's not even really on my radar. Who, who is on my radar is definitely Mike Evans. Double-digit targets in four straight games he wasn't kicked out of. Uh, scoreless <laughs> – with the asterisk, you know. Scoreless since week seven. You know, we all know he's a touchdown scorer, so he's a prime positive uh, regression touchdown candidate. Uh, Packers are just getting clocked by receivers. Antonio Brown, we saw that. Uh, Golden Tate, seven for 113. Marvin Jones, seven for 107.2. Dontrell Inman, six for 88 a couple of weeks ago. Mike Wallace, four for 56 and a touchdown. Martavis comes back to life. Uh, and also uh, Josh Hermsmeyer, uh, of, uh, who, who does a, a great job uh, identifying by low targets based on air yards. Uh, he's one of uh, Hermsmeyer's uh, pre- premier by low targets this week and, and Hermsmeyer has been hitting on a lot of stuff with, with, with his air yards uh, projection. So um, just checks a lot of boxes, you know, Kevin King didn't practice. Kevin King didn't practice. I mean, Kevin King, like you kind of maybe even want him out there. 
Yeah, I was going to say you know? he kind of sucks. I mean, <laughs> well, a good play. Come think, on, Kevin. Think about it. It's the same thing we talked about, though, like with Vernon Hargraves, where you want him out there, but like he's actually playing ahead of someone. So yeah. he's actually right. thought of as. <laughs> right. um, no, and hey, I, I think Kevin King's going to be a good corner in the league. You know, he was a great corner at, at UW and he was a spark freak and you know, he's got long arms and he's huge. Uh, but the Packers also have been shutting down tight ends all year. I mean, Jason Witten has the best game against them all year. He had 61 scoreless yards. They've shut down Jimmy Graham. Uh, you know, they, they've done a great job uh, against tight ends, but they've done a terrible job against wideouts. Uh, you know, and Deshaun Jackson, he seems like the type of receiver that uh, would excel, like, on turf, et cetera. But, you know, dude has played his entire career on grass. I mean, he played in Philly, played in Washington. He's been consistent. He's got 60-plus yards and or a touchdown in seven of his last ten. Um, and, I mean, he's in play. So, I want Evans Winston because I like his wideouts this week a lot. I, I love Mike Evans this week. I mean, I, I think I'm going to probably end up playing him in cash. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would consider Michael Evans close to a lock button as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I mean, he's – He's what fifteen hundred bucks too cheap, maybe not that much, but he's way too cheap as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones practice, or he was a limited participant in practice today. Evan, do you think Aaron Jones ends up playing? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, I, I really like Jamal Williams at the outset of the week, but you know, if Aaron Jones is practicing at all mm -hmm. on Wednesday. That suggests that he's he's on track. Unless he's like a DNP tomorrow, I would expect him to play. Uh, they also expressed some optimism on Ty Montgomery. I don't know was was he DNP today? Yeah, he did not practice. All right, so he's probably it doesn't less matter. Just one, if if even one of just them one then. ruins yeah. it. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Um, so I mean, Jamal Williams was a monster in terms of usage last week, and I still am kind of skeptical of him as a player. I mean. Just kind of everything went right for him on that uh, on that screen pass score. You know, I don't even think he was touched, really. I don't think mm -hmm. he was touched now that I'm, like, replaying the play in my head. Um, and he, he wasn't efficient as a runner. I don't love him as a player, but he got every touch in the backfield. And that can absolutely spring you to fantasy success, even against good run defenses, which the Bucks have not been. All right. Well, let's – I mean, yeah. And here, real quick, Reeves, do we need to talk about any of the Green Bay uh, passing game? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. I mean, oh, listen. Yeah. Hey, Reeves, Reeves loves a dude here. Yeah, I mean, we're, dude, we're, we're at the point of the season – we talked about this at the – you know, a couple of shows going. We're at the point of the season where when we flip the page to a new week, there are specific target teams now that we are looking to exploit – and we lo go and look at their opponent and we look at the who they're facing and the guys that are getting the opportunities on those teams. That's part of the reason why we would have liked Jamal Williams and we, we will come back on him if, you know, both Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery happen to be inactive on Sunday. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's going to get 20 touches against a team that's allowing the uh, that's 30th in the league and rushing yards allowed on the road and it's basically packed it up. But, I mean, where we target the Bucks every week is in the passing game, and we target them at the wide receiver position. I think Humley's going to be a popular guy coming off of that Sunday night game and his price, you know, Tampa Bay's allowing the most passing yards per game to opposing passes in the league at 293. Uh, he's got probably multiple touchdown upside in this game, and you get that little bit of rushing ability that Hundley has. You know, I think he'll be a guy that people will gravitate to. But, I mean, I'm looking at Devontae Adams. I mean – 
he has just he's just popped off the page since he he's actually gotten better since Humley's taken over you know for Aaron Rodgers his tar- his target share over the past four games has been 26.3% 32% 27.8% 34.6% and, and he's gotten off the last two weeks against the Baltimore Ravens and the Steelers and the Steelers have been trending down for a few weeks now but two defenses on paper that you know he probably shouldn't have had as good as good as games again that he had um, and then you look at the Bucks. I mean, they've just been bludgeoned by not just wide receivers, but opposing wide receiver ones. That's what we talked about with Julio last week. I mean, they are facing the most targets per game to wide receiver ones. They're allowing the most yardage per game to wide receiver ones. And that was true before they got 250 dropped on them last week. And they've allowed the second most touchdowns in the league to wide receiver ones at eight, you know, just behind uh, the Tennessee Titans, who have allowed nine to wide receiver ones. And they're also getting murked in the vertical passing game, which is where Devontae Adams has been hitting the past few weeks. I mean, they have allowed the most completions, the highest completion rate, and the most touchdown passes on um, passes 15 yards or further downfield in the entire NFL. I mean, it's when we flip the page and they face a, a capable receiver, I mean, that dude's getting smashed. We're talking about Devontae Adams. He's the same price on FanDuel that he is on DraftKings. He's the wide receiver 31 on FanDuel. Like, that is that's just absolutely insane. Uh, for him to be priced there for the type of volume he's getting and the, and the touchdown production he provides. So, I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to have a hundred percent Devonte Adams, you know, in, in, in cash this week. I mean, he's on FanDuel, especially just because his, his price and his opportunity just line up with the matchup too greatly. If you're on DraftKings, how cheap would Jordy have to be before you played him? Oh man, it's so bad. I mean, <laughs> I have him on, you know, a bunch of uh, season longs. And I mean, he was crushing it with, with, with Rogers. And I played him with in the first game, I think that Hunley started and I haven't played him since. I mean, he's just riding my bench. And I mean, I thought about dropping him at times, you know, 35 yards or fewer in every start. Uh, I get it. It's just awfully tough to look at Jordy Nelson 4,400 and not want to click a button. Especially against the Bucks. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's tempting. You, you know, you weren't tempted against the Ravens or the Steelers. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. you are mildly tempted this week. Uh, I agree. I saw how cheap he was, and I was like, I was like nah. You know? <laughs> You're talking yourself into it by Sunday. No, I will not. A couple shares. No, but for 150 lineups, and put them on 10. When, when you're playing in season-long leagues and you're starting Jeremy Macklin every single week over Jordy Nelson, <laughs> you, you don't have any problem talking yourself out of Jordy Nelson in DFS. I guess that does make it easier. I understand. All right, let's talk about our next game. It's Philly at Seattle. It's a 47-point total. Philly, five-and-a-half-point favorites. And this is obviously the Sunday night game. We've got Seattle at home. Another Russ smash spot, or at least I feel like every spot's a Russ smash spot. Evan, what do you think about Russ this week at home against Philly? First of all, I am so excited for this game. This is gonna. This is like the best. I mean, this is amazing. It's got like um, MVP implications. I think. I mean, I know that you know amongst big media, uh, you know Carson Wentz is like the lock MVP. You know, maybe Tom Brady, but. For me, like Russell Wilson is the MVP because. So wait, you're not talking about Alex Smith as an MVP anymore? Nobody is. (laughs) Nah, nah, nah. For September. (laughs) For September, yeah, yeah. Um, So I mean, if they, you know, if if like the Seahawks win this game and Russ just balls out and does like all the magical things that he he very often does, you know, I'm just I'm gonna be unbearable on Twitter, just like mute me (laughs) because. 
in like victory laps regarding Russ and like, you know, trying to piss off all the Eagles fans who are just like, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're pretty easy to piss off, buddy. Oh, they're very <laughs> they, easy. I mean, if you say something where they think that like their player like should be deserving, you know, they think that you are like proactively hating on them, you know, but uh, you went to their house. I think that Russ is an awesome play uh, uh, Thursday through Monday um, or just, you know, straight up on FanDuel on main slate. Uh, I think that he still has a high floor in a high ceiling. I think it could get ugly. I mean, the Eagles have a great front. The Eagles are a great team. They're a great team and they have an amazing defensive front and they should straight dominate the Seahawks offensive line, which has been a little bit better, but you know, what, what does that get you? You know, 32nd in the league to 28th in the league, you know. Um, but the, the the Eagles have given up a bunch of rushing yards uh, to QBs. And um, I think – and, I mean, if when they face pretty good quarterbacks, like they've, they've given up production to them. Uh, and Russ is just – he's a magician, man. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. Like he – he's a special human being. There are, there, there are not two people on the world in the world that can do what he does. Maybe Deshaun Watson, but we've seen him in a small sample size and he's now torn both of his ACL. So we'll see how he comes back. Uh, but Russ does special things on the football field, you know, that really no one else is capable of. Uh, and, uh, he's, he's capable of overcoming difficult, very difficult scenarios uh, because of his outside of structure playmaking ability. Now, if you look at his pass catcher core, none of those guys are in particularly promising spots. Doug Baldwin, so the Eagles have given up a ton of production to receivers over the course of the year, but not recently. And uh, Patrick Robinson is real, real high in uh, the, the slot corner. Is real, real high in pro football focuses grades. I think he's number three overall out of 119. Uh, and that's who Doug Baldwin is going to see the most of. Um, and then the Eagles have been just real middle of the road in uh, tight end production allowed to tight ends. Uh, but Jimmy Graham, of course, has been a monster. I think that Paul Richardson is the interesting guy here in the pass catcher core. He can run behind guys. He can win contested situations. Um, I mean, the, the outside corners have been better. You know, Ronald Darby is a big improvement. And uh, uh, Jalen Mills hasn't been nearly as bad as he was last year. Uh, but that that's probably my biggest concern. Like, it's not real clear to me what Seahawks pass catcher, uh, you know, stands out as a great play this week. Well, the thing is, I think we can play Russ naked. That's one of the Guy yes, like absolutely. You can get that absolutely. rushing upside. Then I mean, then just it's just party time. Reeves, you want? I assume you're. We're only like this show might as well just we might as well rebrand ourselves the Russ Wilson show. Yeah, like, and I don't, don't want to. I don't want to suggest uh, you know what's going to happen. What words are going to follow all this? That the Eagles are a bad defense. I think the Eagles are a good defense. I think they're an underrated defense, and I think like Evan said, they're going to get pressure. And from a real football standpoint, I would expect the Eagles to win because the Seahawks play no complimentary offensive football and they go in these ruts for like periods of drives. And then Russ has to bail them out and like gets hot, you know, particularly usually in the second half. Uh, but so, I mean, I would expect you see that in this game where just for like a, a quarter or maybe a quarter and a half, like the Seahawks look awful. 
in this game because it seems to happen every week and it's because they can't play ahead of the sticks often but the eagles man like they've really just besides getting darby back i mean they have not made a lot of wholesale changes on defense and this was a defense we were particularly targeting they had allowed six straight qb1 weeks before this four game winning streak and over that four game winning streak they have faced cj beathard brock osweiler a dying you know shot in the leg dak prescott and mitchell trubisky like they're they're a great team like Evan said they're smashing these teams that's what great teams do they just obliterate these teams that's what they've done the past weeks they've beaten four teams in a row by 23 or more points like they they're crushing it um but from a from a defensive standpoint this this was a team that was giving up 20 points per game to quarterbacks Kirk Cousins Cam Newton Carson Palmer Philip Rivers Eli, Eli Manning got him for 22 uh Alex got him in week two for a QB 10 finish uh you know they faced just really dredgely quarterback play outside of Dak and it was in the middle of this just terrible run for for Dak so I mean I think Russell is going to be low-key undervalued in this game I mean Vegas is it seems to be siding with the take though that the Eagles are incredible because Seattle's got I think their lowest implied total of the year uh so I mean I could be completely wrong on that but I think that it's a game where Russ can do a lot better than it, it's going to be implied given the matchup you know just based on I think that there's going to be there's a chance for this game to shoot out I mean like I said the Eagles haven't played anyone that can match points to them and the Seattle's going to have to match points because I don't think they're really going to stop the Eagles either um the one thing that's cool about this game too is that both teams are kind of you know pass funnel defenses at this point. Uh, you know the Eagles are pass funnel defense for multiple reasons. One, they 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 stop the run, and two, they've had such game script in their favor that teams don't run the football on them. And Seattle has really righted the ship on the run defense. They're allowing two point seven yards per carry to running backs. Uh, you know since week three. So I mean, the Eagles want to run the football, and they can run it. They run it on good teams. Um, but I mean, they're going to force them to throw the football. So this game has a chance to really shoot out. It's a really fun game. Like, like Evan said, uh, I think, you know, basically like almost everyone's in play here. Ertz is going to be interesting because a lot of people are going to want to play Gronk. Uh, Ertz is in a pretty good spot as well. Uh, you know, um, if you look at tight end, if you look at tight end production, um, well, he definitely won't be owned on DraftKings. But you know, and from the Vandal sense, uh, Seattle's uh, he had 12 targets last week. Seattle's on a tight end one in five of their past six games. Uh, it's it's a spot for Ertz to really hit. Like I said, I think more people will just go up to Gronk though. I mean, Kelsey's actually in a tremendous spot as well. I'd expect him to bounce back this week as well. So I mean, maybe you just have all that ownership, you know, spread those guys out. Alshon popped up on the injury report with a foot injury. He's been crushing it too as well. I mean, you can really play all the guys in this game because as hot, how hot these two quarterbacks have been. When you have hot quarterback play, you can latch on to all these ancillary guys because any of these guys can pop. So, I mean, the primetime site is going to be really fun to see who who had the right guy that, you know, popped this week, <laughs> you know, you know who who has the the two touchdown Paul Richardson game, you know, going against Jalen Mills or, you know, who has the – uh, you know, the Zach Ertz game or Nelson Aguilar, even if he gets out this game, it's going to be really interesting because both these We're quarterbacks. Troy Smith? Are, no, probably nah, not. But, nah. <laughs> but it's the two hottest quarterbacks in the league, man, facing off. It's what it's, these games have potential to be lots of fun. You know, Reeves is good at this, man. He, he's really good at this. I mean, that, that was awesome. Uh, the, 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 the idea about, like, I think both teams are going to struggle to run the ball. Mm-hmm. I think that we're going to see a lot of passing in this game. Um, the Eagles don't give up anything on the ground, neither do the Seahawks. Um, one other thing to note, both teams give up a ton of rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks. So, and Wentz runs, he's fourth in the NFL yeah. among quarterbacks in rushing attempts. Russ, we know how he does. I mean, 
the the Seahawks leading RB rusher is Chris Carson, who like in week three, <laughs> you know, like it's uh, I what what you know what would be infuriating would be another twenty touch game for Eddie Lacy. <laughs> no, don't do it. By the way, can I finally t- drop Thomas Rawls for my season long team? Yeah. Well, I spent I, a, I spent two thirds of my Fab budget on him, so. <laughs> I don't really want to drop them. I'm making the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Evan. He just got, can't even talk right now. He's just like, I just need a drink after that one. <laughs> no, no I, mean, I still have it. I still have rolls as my RB six everywhere. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> well, you want to drop them together? It's miserable. It's not fun. Therapeutic. A therapeutic uh, double drop. Yeah. Get ex- get exposed for this game, guys. And plus, you know, we were talking about well, the Seahawks. They have one of the lowest they're one of their lowest implied totals on the entire season well guess what with Russ with like the yards he piles up it just does it matter yeah a little bit but it doesn't matter that much like I've look they might put up 20 points and he still could top 30 points over on FanDuel with the rushing upside so yeah ball out with Russ this weekend all right let's talk about our bounce backs and there's one bounce back he's coming for the ultimate bounce back he hasn't played in three years Come on, Reeves. <laughs> Talk to me about Josh Gordon because he's going to be owned this week. I mean, I have literally no expectations <laughs> for Josh Gordon. I'm rooting hard for Josh Gordon. I, I want him to be the player that he was, you know, in 2013. I want that guy. I want that guy to be be back. Uh, but I mean, I have no expectations that on the road in a tough matchup uh, with a quarterback that's thrown five touchdown passes this season. Uh, you know, against yeah, the, against the passing the other team. <laughs> yeah we count kinds of uh, i don't know if any of them were house how many of them were house because i don't zone. know either but i'm gonna guess some of them were he throws them all in the red zone so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they're long run backs if they happen but i mean it's listen i'm rooting for him i hope it happens i mean uh cory coleman's been balling out he's looked pretty good you know he, he's he's had some tough matchups and played good so i mean there's kind of a trade-off there too how much does he take away because Col- coleman and kaiser have actually had a rapport dating back to the preseason so i'm curious how it fits in man i mean maybe evan is a stronger take than gordon than i do but i'm just gonna watch and enjoy it and see what happens this week evan if you're doing 100 lineups five josh gordon teams <laughs> come on evan come on josh gordon josh gordon train with me my, what my is he even price on on, jo- on josh gordon 41 on dk yeah 41 look at reeves reeves just was like man maybe i could go there <laughs> that's that's 400 more than seth roberts Come on. Reeves is saying about it now. No. Oh, the wheels are turned. Oh, he's like, oh, maybe 41. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's see. Here's your, we'll play this or that. You can have Josh Gordon or Bruce Ellington. <laughs> Just play Josh Gordon, man. Come on. Come on. Have some fun. You know how much. You know how bad you're going to feel, by the way, if you want to root for this guy and he catches like a 70-yard bomb. I agree with you. I agree with That's you. That's true. Like, I'm going to have some Josh Gordon this week. I don't like him. He's probably going to put up two points, but I'm still going to fire because guess what? <laughs> They're going to be aired out. We know that if there's one thing, and Evan, you can speak to this, that like likes to do, they like to throw it deep. I think Kaiser has one of like the deepest average ball in all of football. So come yeah. on. Come on, Evan. Come on. I mean – they're going to I, be able to run it this week. 
for as long yeah. as they can. For as long as they can. Come on, run it well recently. I, you know, I, I love Josh Gordon, man. I mean, I, I love him. So, I, I don't think I'm going to play him, but you know, I, I'll be rooting for him. You know, I, if, if I don't play him and he balls out, like I'll be happy. You know, so but you'll be happier if he's that's where I'm at. That's where I am. That's All right. I'm I'm gonna have a little bit of job. I, I just couldn't I would feel so dumb if he just catched a 70 yard bomb and I don't get to celebrate with everybody. It's like when I was at the DK Live final two years ago, and that's when Doug Baldwin went on that crazy touchdown streak. And I said, I'm not playing Doug Baldwin. And you know what sucked? Everybody in the room celebrating when Doug Baldwin caught a <laughs> touchdown. And I'm just sitting there with my freaking hood on, just I don't even want to talk to people. That wasn't fun. So guess what? I'm gonna be joining the crowd this time rooting for Josh Gordon. Reeves, who are some of your other bounce back candidates this week? All right, I got a pretty gross one, but Jared Cook. Uh, Jared Cook's in a bounce back spot. I mean, he had a near donut last week, but he had 21% of the team targets, led the team. He had an end zone target, which he, of course, dropped. Uh, but, I mean, volume volume is going to be there uh, with Crabtree and Cooper out. You know, I mean, we're talking about, like, Evan brought up Seth Roberts. I mean, they're, they've gone, they're going to do well with Seth Roberts, uh, our boy Holton, Mr. Zero Dollar Holton. From last year oh you guys uh, are missing the fun one quarter Patterson. Oh, it's on. gonna i mean by default i mean it sets up to be a game where jared cook uh you know is in a good spot and no one's gonna want to play him because he's been awful the past two weeks and maybe no one wants to play him because the giants just held vernon davis to a goose egg uh the week before uh but i mean opposing tight ends have still scored 37 percent of the touchdowns against the giants it's the highest share in the league I'm going to have some Jared Cook this week, man. Um, and another tight end, too. I brought him up a little earlier. It was, I mean, Travis Kelsey. Anytime he's gone under 20% of the team targets, he's come back the next week and had over 30% of the team looks. I mean, they do this. Uh, Doug Baldwin's in a similar fashion where he just kind of goes and he's, he, he has these games where he doesn't get targeted. Uh, and then, you know, they kind of forget he's there. Uh, the next week, you know, he comes back and, get, and gets a bunch of targets. So I think Kelsey's in a good spot against a Jets team that's 24th in points allowed per game to tight ends. Um, it's a good tight end week. So, I mean, last time it was a good tight end week. None of these guys hit. So, yeah. yeah. You, you know, you mentioned Kelsey, too. He's not going to be owned at all because if people are paying up at tight end, they're just going to spend the 300 bucks more for Gronk. And, you know, you can play both of them, I think, pretty easily. Evan, do you have any bounce back candidates for me? I do. I do this week. I usually don't, but uh, I do. One of them was <laughs> one of them was going to be Jared Cook. I yeah. I feel like Reeves went real like soft on him. You know, I he. I mean, you can't draw up a better spot for this than this. I mean, cuts are out. You know, facing a bottom three tight end defense like. Reeves, you, you should have gone harder. Uh, I've been going during, hard on him. That's why. I'm, I'm a little scorned. All right. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Um, we, we talked about another guy who uh, – we talked about one guy who hasn't played in three years. How about another guy who hasn't played in three years? Geno Smith. <laughs> Y'all ready? Y'all ready? 4,500 on DraftKings, 6,000 on FanDuel. Facing a, a, a historically – uh, bad Raiders defense. Everyone wanted to play Paxton Lynch. But did Paxton Lynch, did he throw for 20 yards last week? You know who I played last week? I played the Raiders defense. Okay. That seemed was, like better okay. Paxton Lynch. Here, let me look at Paxton's old Simeon, stat. Simeon kind of screwed you late because he, he came Yeah, but we still there. did okay. We still, okay. Let's see. Okay. Paxton Lynch, uh, last week he was 9 of 14 for 41 whole yards 
plus the interception where it bounced off like three different guys and landed on a guy's belly in the end zone. Yeah, how about getting their first interception of the year on accident? <laughs> I mean, when it's gone 12 weeks without an interception, I think whatever one. <laughs> Variant struck. Yeah. <laughs> because the guy was laying on his back and it just dropped onto yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think Geno Smith can have a good game. I don't, did you get, did you guys play him last week, a uh, year when he got the start against the Ravens? I did. Uh, he, I remember kinda, everyone did. Yeah. He, he kind of balled out for a minute and then he tore his ACL during the game. Um, but I mean, well, balling out, he, he a new like one had a, like an 80 yard slant. I remember. Yes, and yes. House, like an 80 it, yard it, slant. it was a long, yeah, yeah. It was an Anunua score, but it looked like it was going to be the <laughs> nut play for a minute. You know, I was like, yeah, so celebrating. But, you know, the Quincy Anunua stack, like if you went there, <laughs> bravo. Yeah. Um, Evan Ingram. Uh, I mean, Sterling Shepard is coming back this week. But, I mean, I think that the guy that you probably stack Gino with would be Evan Ingram. I don't know. It seems like you guys aren't even taking Gino very seriously. Shame <laughs> on you. Uh, A.J. Green on Monday night against the Steelers. The Steelers have been getting torched yeah, by man. wideouts lately. Uh, I think he bounces back in a major way. And then Vernon Davis on Thursday night football. Again, uh, Josh Hermsmeyer pinpointed pin him as a buy low guy. Uh, based on air yards, uh, you know, no one, I don't, what do you, th- let me ask you this because so Thursday guys are always overowned, but Vernon Davis just burned everyone. So are people going to play him? Like, no. is he going to be more owned than he should be this time? Who's going to be owned in this game? Uh, P yeah. Ryan will be owned. P Ryan will be owned for sure. Yeah. Um, probably overowned, but I mean he's good, he's getting a good matchup. I don't think it's I don't mean overowned from the sense he shouldn't play him. Uh, just from the slate and him being a good play, he'll have increased ownership. But that's a and Crowder, yeah. Oh, and Crowder, people are gonna play a lot of Crowder. But uh, Cousins is the second highest priced quarterback, so I mean people are probably not going to to really go all in on that. Um, so I mean on Vandal he is. So I mean I don't know if, like he'll have a crazy amount of ownership, but yeah, not play Vern. Yeah, probably not. I'm playing him. All right. Well, of course you are. You love Big Vern. Yeah. Okay, so I got to ask about one more uh, bounce back count. And this will also take us into our quarterbacks and running backs. Here we go. Kareem Hunt. <sighs> Let's talk about Kareem Hunt. Uh-uh. Now that offense is broken, man. Is it? it? It's very broken. Eventually they have to figure it out, right? The Jets are pretty good against the run now, man. Like if last, if listen, the Bills were a team that were giving up like like historic yardage on the ground, like at on the road in Kansas City, uh, and it was just and they just put like nine dudes in the box every play, like they didn't this is care. The troll game. I mean, it could be. I mean, listen, I've hung on the last two weeks for Cream Hunt in just like cherry spots against the Giants, against the Bills. Um, this is a team that can't get in the red zone. They've lost all their splash plays. I mean, over the past four weeks, uh, Alex missed deep throws have just plummeted. His yards per attempt have plummeted. They can't really just get splash plays during an offense. Again, it's a team that just like said they can't play complimentary football. The Jets are allows, allowing opposing running backs run for 3.5 yards per carry over the past seven games. They're another team that's kind of ready to ship in that regard. Um, no, I'm just not going to do it, man. If, if if Andy Reid tomorrow announces Patrick Mahomes as the Chiefs' starting quarterback <laughs> for Week 13, 
we, we got something to talk about. Then okay. I'm playing Patrick Mahomes everywhere because I'm. Oh I'm yeah, weird. oh yeah, we're going all in. I almost picked him up in season. <laughs> I, I seriously awesome. considered it. I have Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to start for me in a couple weeks during the playoffs. But wow. well, then again, Alex Smith is my other, other quarterback. So what does it matter at this point? But I'm playing some Kareem Hunt, man. It's like it's like those games where you you pay a dollar, and if you if you make it, you win. But if you miss it, you got to pay two dollars to get back in. Like I am thousands of dollars in on Kareem Hunt at this point, and I keep throwing that ball, trying to get in the basket, and eventually I feel like it's going to stick. And I'm just so I'm just so invested at this point. I'm not willing to cut, <laughs> just cut my losses. I tried to talk you out of almost spot for this last week with Dak Prescott where I tried to convince you an offense was broken. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. I know. <laughs> Dak is awfully cheap this week, by the way. <laughs> no, I think he's interesting on Thursday night. I think yeah, he is interesting. He's he's a total, like, fade to public play, and those usually work out. Yeah. Hey, Kareem Hunt's <laughs> going to be, like, 5%. It's true, man. No one's going to play Kareem Hunt for sure this week because a lot of people have rode that wave for two weeks in a row, you know, just trying to catch some that regression, and it just hasn't happened. But the, the, difference between, the difference between Dak and Kareem Hunt is that Dak is actually, like, kind of in a good spot. Kareem Hunt is in a real bad spot. And Dak's not great. Ball. And, yeah, right, yeah, right. That's important, so, too. All right, well, who are some of the running backs that we do like this week? Because Alvin Kamara, he's the most expensive guy over on DK. And look, Evan, I'm kind Whoa. of torn. What? I mean, I can't believe that he's the high. I, I mean, it's really I can't unbelievable. It. I yeah, I can't do it. Like, look, I love watching the guy play. I, I mean, he, he's amazing to watch run the football. But he's still going to get, what, 18 touches max in this game? Carolina decent against the run? Like, I just – can't do it and I feel like you know I was talking about I'm beating my head against the wall with Kareem Hunt I feel like I'm just going to beat my head against the wall for fading Alvin Kamara but Evan I don't know how I can do it with this volume again the Panthers have all that speed at linebacker I mean it's not really a good matchup for Alvin Kamara and it feels like a Mark Ingram yeah um when when these teams played in week three I believe it was Mm -hmm. uh they had rushing success against Mm -hmm. the Panthers Uh, they average like over five yards per carry. Um, they've been a matchup proof running game, you know, I mean, in season long, there's no hesitation, you know, obviously, uh, the, the, what our question is, do they have the kind of upside that we're looking for in daily fantasy? And I mean, they do, but this matchup in theory is not hot for upside at all. Uh, so it's, you know, it's a conundrum. I, I couldn't stomach paying, you know, this much uh, for Alvin Kamara on DraftKings, uh, certainly. Uh, some of the RBs that I like, Marshawn Lynch, uh, 29 touches, uh, facing the Giants as a big home favorite, uh, you know, with no wideouts. I mean, he should be the centerpiece of the offense. He set a season high for snap percentage last week. He's 4,800 on DK, man. He's 6,200 on FanDuel. Uh, if we can get 10 fewer touches than he got last week, I feel good about that play at his price tag. Uh, he, I mean, I think he's looked good. You know, Reeves has been saying this for a long time, and I agree with him that I think Marshawn Lynch has looked good. The, the, all the RBs that I want to play are not on the main slate. Uh, Le'Veon, I want to play him on Monday night. Um, who, what's the uh, – oh, I don't want – and I came 
uh, for RBs, but <laughs> Le- Le'Veon, Le- Le'Veon is yeah. really who I want. Yeah. yeah I, okay. I'm just going to play devil's advocate really quick with Marshawn Lynch. Okay. This is a guy who they've essentially just been not giving any touches to all year. Last week, they gave him 26 touches. Do you really think they come back a week later and give him another 20 plus touches? They should. I don't know. I, I know <laughs> they should, but I don't know if they will. I mean, they're, I like, they're up big in this game. They're not going to give him the garbage time. They're going to give it to, you know, Jalen Richard or DeAndre Washington. Right? right? I don't I mean, think they were up 21. What? They were up 21 last week and he was still getting touches. I just don't see a way they run Jalen this. Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington are not like garbage time, clock killing, put the ball in their belly type back. Yeah, I get it. I just. I just keep looking at this and I keep saying that, are they going to give him this many carries two weeks in a row when they've protected him all year? This I don't know it, why like, they what, wouldn't. What, why wouldn't yeah, they? I mean, they he, might not. I mean, this is, they, we've kind of reached the point like of like, if they were saving him for anything, like this would be the run. This would be the um, run. But I mean, but will they, I mean, it's, it's a valid question to ask because every time we've, we've thought like, they should start to turn the corner. It was a spot to play him. It's they've ultimately given him like 14 touches, but I mean, he's had two of his best three games since he came back from that one game suspension. I mean, he, he was really good against the dolphins uh, and then just didn't really get touches again the following week. And then last week got a bunch of touches and he wasn't even that good at this touches because, you know, Denver is a pretty good run defense. They just kept giving him the rock and he found the paint. I mean, this is a much softer matchup. It's at home. Um, I mean, a lot makes sense. Like I said, there's no running backs in play here. The, the passing volume is probably going to be there. But, I mean, he's not a dude you're going to play in cash. I mean, it's – It's a weird running back week. Like we said, we there are a lot of – It is, of, man. The, the yeah. main slate running backs um, – Who else are you going to play in cash, Reeves, at, at RB? Kareem Hunt. Well, I was going to want to play – I was, I was going to want to play Jamal Williams. For so a did bit, I. That's, that's not going to so happen. Well, what uh, about I was willing. To, I was willing to stoop to. I was willing to stoop to Alex Collins. <laughs> oh God! How how can you? How do you know what's going to happen in that Baltimore running situation? I mean, well, that's 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 another thing that started to you know reveal itself as well the past two weeks. But I mean, Jordan Howard. I mean, he's just yeah. like the thing yeah. that Jordan Jordan Howard's in a great spot. The the thing that I struggle with this week, especially in the main slate, is all the guys I like don't fit the archetype of guys I like to play in DFS. Like Jordan Howard is like, I remember a few weeks ago when we had the conversation when he played the Packers and was a home favorite. Like he's just not the archetype of running back I like to play because he's not involved in the passing game at all. Uh, 88% of his fantasy production is just rushing along. He did, you know, and he finally had some targets last week. Evan kept dropping the thing that he hadn't been targeted in like five weeks. He did get two targets. You know, he only had what six rushing yards. He's going to get that this week. But I mean, uh, it stinks because I like him. I like the matchup, but it's like I I hate paying you know seventy five hundred or sixty five hundred for a guy that is just one dimensional and is, is relying on specific game script to score. I mean, I think that those things are going to happen this week, and they have a high probability of happening. I hate that he's the arch. He's just not the archetype of guy I like to play. It well, drives it, me crazy. And I'll <laughs> tell you what: there's an archetypical guy that like I think that all of us like to play. And there are here's two of them: guys that catch passes and guys that are good at football. Evan, I'm going to throw out a couple guys. One, he's not that good at football in Melvin Gordon, but he's a 14-point favorite. Two, another guy that doesn't catch passes, Leonard Fournette at home, another big favorite at home against the Colts defense that isn't good. This is where we're at, by the way. I broke my rule of playing, uh, not playing Melvin Gordon on uh, Thanksgiving. It was the curse. That, that yeah, you went cursed well. It. Well, that I wish well. you would have told me that. I think I, I did mention that. 
I think I did mention that. You did. I'm just messing with you. Oh, the problem with Gordon is he's lost the dual usage. Like that's the killer, man. Cause he's never been an efficient runner over the past two years, but he just would get peppered with like, he'd catch like seven passes a game and was getting all this passing game work. And he's running 13.8 routes per game now over the past five weeks, because, you know, Eckler's kind of shaved that off. It is a good spot. The Browns, the Browns, since they lost Agba, and I don't want to directly call it, it might not even be directly related to Agba. They lost Agba and Jamie Collins. Yeah, and I don't even want to – they've lost those guys, and they've also – like it could just be catching up to them, but they've just faced like a mountain of like rushing opportunity because they've been in such negative game script. They could just all be catching up at this point of the year because Joe Mixon last week, the the Bengals were the worst rushing team in the NFL, and last week they – ran all over the Browns. Mixon looked amazing. Uh, you know, so I mean, Gordon, even without the passing game work is in a good spot. The rushing volume has still been there. It's just that he hasn't been able to take those games like last week where you rush 20 times for 65 yards and then you add, you know, six for 40. And now it turns into like, oh man, I got over, you know, hundred yards from scrimmage and I tacked down all these PPR points. That's what's, that's what he's lost. Uh, but I mean, it could be one of those games where he has just like a mountain of rushing volume and is inefficient again you just hope he finds the end zone i'm way more on the river side of that that uh matchup you know the rivers keenan allen hot streak uh and then maybe evans boy hunter henry i mean gotta be in play this week i mean the Browns, no, this is you know, this is a classic classic spot where melvin gordon just goes nuts against it is oh and 11 team you know means nothing and they lost you know, to the browns still last somehow, year so still somehow you know think Figures out a way to average like 3.1 yards per carry, but scores three touchdowns. It's the troll week. And you can't convince me it doesn't matter. Go off and Twitter's going to be ugly on Sunday. You can't convince me it doesn't matter. I know he wasn't the head coach last year. Anthony Lynn wasn't, but like that was the team that they, they were the team that the Browns beat last year for their one win. Uh, you know, there are dudes on that roster that, that, that was an embarrassing, that was an embarrassing moment. They ain't gonna let that happen again, man. Are there any cheap running backs in there to you? Because I'm looking, and again, I don't like these situations because I never know who's going to get the rock. Evan, this Denver running back situation, Devontae Booker was popular last uh, week. That's a bad one. It's yeah, bad. I know, but I'm just trying to find some value because the value at running backs really lacking this week. Marshawn, dude, 4,800. I mean, Fine, I'll play Mark. You've talked me into it. Uh, McKinnon, me. McKinnon at 5,100. I like that game, by the way. I do too. That game has like really sneaky shootout potential, and literally nobody's talking about it. Attacking the Falcons with pass catching RBs has been a profitable mm-hmm. uh, strategy for for multiple years at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's who I'd be looking at in terms of guys who are relatively cheap, Marshawn and Jarek McKinnon. Well, it's, I, again, I want... it's very difficult slate for RBs. I mean, it's yeah. very hard. Are you into Hyde at all? Who? And Carlos Hyde. I don't know what to expect with this 49ers. Like, I mean, it's Jimmy Garoppolo's coming in to start. Look, I want to like Carlos Hyde. You know, you look at these targets when C.J. Bathard is there. Obviously, he's not starting this week. 13 targets mm-hmm. last week, just insane. But, Evan, I mean, what do you expect from the San Fran? Because I, I don't know what to make. Any, I'm just probably avoiding them all. And, you know, if, if somebody goes off and I lose because of it, way to go. But I don't really want to gamble in that spot. I really don't either. I mean, yeah. I, we don't we, – it's a mixed bag. We saw Matt Ryan in his first year under Kyle Shanahan, and he was a disaster. I mean, he was going like 16th round in season-long leagues the year that he won MVP, you know, and he had consistently been like – I mean, that's an exaggeration, but he would go like 13th round, and he had consistently been like a 
top six round pick in like almost every other year of his career, you know, which I mean, season long drafters are just terrible, you know, taking Matt Ryan as like a six round pick. But uh, I mean, people always thought that, oh, this was going to be the year for Matt Ryan. And then guess what? The year that they they were totally off of him, he wound up being the NFL MVP. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't even know what what I what I was talking about there, but I think it had something to do with <laughs> with Kyle Shanahan's, uh expecting big things from Jimmy Garoppolo uh, would be that's that's bold uh, at Soldier Field, which is a tough place to play. The Bears have a very underrated defense. Um, it's going to be cold, I think. I don't know. It's it's not too cold here right now, uh, but I, I you know we'll, we'll see. It's usually cold in, in late November, early December. Uh, you know, he is a dude who played at Eastern Illinois and he's from around here. So um, he'll be able to handle the weather. He's got nothing around him. I mean, he's got nothing. He's got nothing. They, they have nothing at wide receiver. You know, we've arrived at the point that you just put all your money in Thursday through Monday and play Le'Veon. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> look, but I'll tell you what a strategy that's worked for me for years. When I have questions about a position like this, I just pay up. I just yeah. find like I'm if I have to pay a little bit extra to get a little bit of safety, just take I don't that value. That. But like when I'm gonna look, I'm gonna play a lot of Leonard Fournette this week. I already mentioned him. I'm probably gonna pay play a lot of um, I'm gonna play plenty of Jordan Howard. Then I'm also gonna play plenty of Melvin Gordon. Look, he's a 14 point home favorite. I'm I'm just gonna play him. Like, does he suck? Yeah, but I can live with that. I've played worse players than Melvin Gordon, that's for sure. Let's talk about some wide receivers because we talked about how running backs, you know, a little bit thin at the position. Reeves, I don't feel like that's the case at all at wide receiver because I'm looking at Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins. We already talked about Brandon Cooks, but there are a lot of upper-tier wide receivers that all seem too cheap for me over on DK. Yeah, I think it's just in general, the, the wide receiver pricing on both sites is pretty soft. Like I said, I mean, Vandal's giving you a couple borderline free squares this week. Uh, and, and Cooper Cup is super cheap again. I mean, he had a season high 25% of team targets last week in the first game of Woods Inactive. His previous season high in targets was the last time they played the Cardinals. Uh, I mean, Cardinals have been getting, you know, kind of hurt in the slot, vulnerable to slot receivers. Uh, so, I mean, it could be a spot for where Cup just, you know, is that dude again this week, and they're giving up production to quarterback. So, a byproduct of Goff's going to play good, then Cup's going to play good. So, I mean, he's still in play. I mean, I think that the obvious play, I mean, Hopkins is I, Hopkins is still way too cheap on both sites for especially yeah. what he's walking into. He said 17.6 or more PPR points in all four of Tom Savage's starts, and the last two have come against Baltimore and Patrick Peterson. Uh, you know, and, and he got over on the Colts who had been limiting wide receiver one production, even though people want to, you know, scoff at the Colts defense throughout the year, but they shut down wide receiver ones. They've done it all year. Um, so, I mean, not only has he done it with Tom Savage, he's done it in tougher matchups. I mean, that's not going to be the case this week. Um, you know, Tennessee has just been, you know, horrendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's also has a tremendous history. Like if you want to go that route against, uh, Houston, he's just our, yeah, against the Tennessee, he's absolutely murked them. Uh, he's been a wide receiver one or higher in seven and nine times he's faced them. Uh, and they've allowed 14.6 PPR points to every wide receiver one they faced, except for T.Y. Hilton twice, sorry, Evan, and Kenny Britt. <laughs> or T.Y. just, boy, you got to get that needle in there, don't you? That wasn't, you know, it, was just, it, was, it's, it just, that's where the bowling pin was there, man. It, was just, it felt like a needle. <laughs> it, it probably did. <laughs> that's okay. the, listen, the only way, the only way to get over these things is just to laugh with it. Just, just go with it, man. <laughs> All right, man. I'll take your word for it, Reeves. <laughs> 
I, I mean, I am with you, though. Like, DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans, I mean, you talk about slam dunks on this slate. Evans, you don't need to pay for them. Like, yeah, they're not even that expensive. I mean, like, they're both about 1000 bucks too cheap to me. Evan, what do you think about these two guys? Oh, just awesome plays. I, and he mentioned Cup, too. I mean, he's a ridiculous play, you know. He's priced up on DK. Not really. Not 6400 uh, I think he should be a little higher. I really do. Wow. I really do. Yeah. I mean, he's likely to get 10 targets. Likely, I think. I mean, all right. So what do you, Reeves, if you were going to set, I don't know, maybe it'd be eight, maybe like eight and a half for his, for his, uh, for his over under for targets. Well, he's got what he's got six, at least six catches in each of the last three games. If you gave me eight and a half uh, with Patrick Peterson on Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods out and Josh Reynolds didn't practice today. I think I'm taking over for sure. I'm going to go. I would go over. Look, if Peterson is shadowing Watkins, like, the way that offense operates, they're just you know, they're trying to be Belichickian almost, where they're just doing nothing but attacking weaknesses. So, like, yeah, I'm going to take Cup. Maybe he is too cheap. Maybe six. Like, it seems weird to say for Cooper Cup. It does we, seem weird. When we've been getting all season, mm-hmm. but what you're saying makes sense. The thing is, he turned 24 in June. He should be, like, three years in the league already. You know, so we, we think of him as a rookie. He's, you know, he's, he's very advanced. Uh and I mean, which is not uncommon, gone. which is not uncommon for the older prospects that definitely that typically hit our guys from small schools that don't have the opportunity to go pro. Um, the, you know, the John Browns of the world, guys like that, they're, they're usually stuck at smaller schools and don't have the opportunity to to leave college early. Those are the guys that typically are the prospects that hit. And I'm not going to say Cup is like this magical fantasy entity, but I mean, he is in a, in a great spot. He's been consistent all year. He leads the team in red zone targets. Uh, he's in the matchup dictates that the targets are going to come to him. Robert Woods being out dictates targets are going to come to him. It's just one of those things, man. It's just all, it's all there. He saw a couple more end zone targets last week too, by the way. I mean, he's, yeah. he's everywhere, man. Uh, Robbie Anderson. So, you know, I, I wasn't on him enough last week. I was worried about like how the Panthers had just limited teams, big plays. Um, I didn't think the Jets would perform well in that game period against the Panthers defense. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, you know, we, we've been on Robbie Anderson like every week, you know, other mm-hmm. than that. Uh, and now he gets another great, 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 great matchup against the Chiefs, who have given up uh, the fifth most yards and a league high 16 touchdowns to opposing wide receivers. Uh, Marcus Peters has been bad lately, over 100 passer rating allowed in uh, each of his last three games. And uh, Robbie Anderson runs 60% of his routes away from Marcus Peters' side of the field anyway. So he's going to stay hot. You, you know how sometimes we'll have like these these years where like, was it? it was like Ted Ginn and Doug, uh, Doug Baldwin, you know, would just stay hot for like, you know, this huge stretch. And you would, you would, you know, be like, this is going to end, right? This is going to end. And then you just get hit by it every single week. You know, uh, I think Robbie Anderson is, is the, he's a candidate to be that kind of a player. And his, I mean, his started early. I mean, he's on like a five game touchdown streak right now. Yeah, That's I mean, ridiculous. And he's just really good at, you know, catching the ball in traffic. Like, he's a good wideout. I wanted to ask you, Evan, what do we think is going to happen with uh, Desmond Trufant this week? Do we think he plays? Because if not, Stefan Diggs is going to be 5% and is in a heck of a good spot. 
Yeah. Um, so concussion stuff is uh, a little difficult to predict. Okay. Um, Vaughn McClure, uh, who you should be following on Twitter of uh, ESPN. Well, the, he's the ESPN Falcons reporter. He's excellent. Um, he always has a very good read on uh, what is going to happen with the Falcons. Like he was way out in front of everybody that De Devonta Freeman was going to miss like significant time with his concussion. Um, he's a guy to follow. Uh, but right now, if I had to guess, I would guess that Desmond Trufant does not play. Well, if that happens, then to me, Stefan Diggs is one of my favorite plays in the entire slate because, again, nobody's going to play him. By the way, cheap running back, Freeman, that's the guy. Oh, you guys are no fun. All right, we got to get off. We have gone way over time. And I know the D train is sitting there saying, guys, we got to go. We got to go. Anyways, guys, it has been a lot of fun. Let's kick some butt this week. I'm ready. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Roto Grinders DFX Picks or Roto World DFS Pick Six presented by Roto Grinders. Thanks, Rich Rebar. Thanks, Evan Silva. I'm Eric Crane. We'll see you guys later. Peace.